Hassan, we are oh. back with another episode. How did you find today? Oh, it was a it was a fiery one in parts. It was <laughs> it's probably the most uh, heated com- uh, debate we've had uh, for I, a little while. I think finally, after God knows how many episodes it is, you finally chastised me for interrupting you and stopped me doing it. Uh, I think that's the first. Uh, it's not the first time I've interrupted you. That happens five or six, maybe yeah. ten times an episode. Uh, but it's good. It was good. Another good conversation. We talked about uh, the, a book called The Madness of Crowds. Yeah. Uh, and that took us around a conversation on, on race and sex and everything else that comes in between it. You were fully in support of a Fuck Boris t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> no, no comment, Your Honour. No comment. Yeah. I don't want to get, um, I don't want to get uh, done by the police. No, I, I think it was just a really, uh, uh, another one of those really important rounded conversations where we just disagreed. You know, we have a, a different point of view and uh, um, I think it will be a good listen. I do think it'll be a good listen. Where should people uh, find us if they do enjoy it, Has They should find us at 150 Miles Pod on Insta. Leave us a review once you've listened to us. Uh, it means a lot if uh, if you just let people let, let people know. <laughs> let people know how much you love us. <laughs> uh, how much you love me. And hate Josh. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Good morning, Hassan. Morning, Josh. You're looking Lovely. dashing, I must say, yeah, in your yellow hoodie today. Yeah, I'm feeling the yellow. It's, dr- it's, it's dreary and rainy, which I'm sure, you know, uh, resembles your last seven days perfectly, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> I'm fully aware of the drizzle and the rain. Fully aware. Uh, the, the, the heating was on in the car on the way to the gym this morning. Yeah. Are you at 150 miles, 115 miles HQ there, mate? Yeah, I'm repping. Yeah, I'm repping. Like, so obviously for anyone that isn't watching us on YouTube, not that we have lots of YouTube watchers, but uh, I got a, uh, a lovely Christmas present from my business partner, John, uh, which was a poster of our 115 miles logo. So that's it. So we're Is up. it always there or have you strategically put it there because we're recording today? You'll never know. Josh, <laughs> you'll never know. I should hope it's always there when you're doing all your work calls throughout the week. It's there as a product placement, so people go, oh, "I listened to that podcast. Didn't realise it was you, Hass." Yeah, it's it's there <laughs> all the time for those moments. How have you been, anyway, mate? I feel very um, un unversed. Is that a word? I don't know. What are you trying to say? Not ready? Yeah, I feel very, uh, yeah, not back with it. You know, when you get back from holiday, right? I was driving to the gym this morning and you sort of forget that nobody else has been on holiday. Yeah. You feel yeah. like everyone, been else, in a bubble. everyone else is easing themselves back in, but then yeah. you get like you get on the road yeah. and remember yeah. nobody else is easing themselves back in. 
Yeah, exactly. So basically, I haven't been on holiday for uh, just over a week. Uh, that's what's been going on in the last week, just to make it clear. No, uh, a really good. Um, I had a week off of uh, you, which was good. You know, like uh, my, my, my mind was clear. Uh, uh, no, it's been it's been quite busy because Krish has also been away this week, so uh, it's just a lot 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 of work, but good work and actually yeah like my reasons to be cheerful is all connected to work so feeling right, good well, fuck, just talk about it now mate don't work like don't <laughs> no 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 you're not pulling me no 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 <laughs> and then I, and then leave me with nothing to say later and then make mug me off later no thanks we'll talk about it later uh got family over um from uh ireland the biden family uh is over from ireland <laughs> uh, <laughs> over to talk about climate change yeah it? climate change getting ready um and uh so yeah really good really good anyway josh come on you know this was just a lead up so that i can ask you how you're doing oh, mate. And what have you been up to the last seven days i had such a good holiday mate i when i'm away like that right i flutter between um the belief that I'm here to have a real impact on the world and do something like leave some kind of legacy. I flit between that and the belief that I'm actually supposed to just be a Herbert and go and live somewhere away from everybody and not interact with anyone. Mm. It proper reminded me of why I never used to have social media. And I never used to like, cause the, it's social media pulls you into your phone and then it pulls you into everything else, so the news and all that kind of crap, yeah? yeah. Um, so I took, obviously, I didn't do any of it for the week. I didn't go on anything. And it's just like your life is so much better when you don't, when you don't do it at all. You completely detoxed, like you didn't, you didn't completely use it for anything. didn't use it for anything, mate, yeah. Stayed away from the news. I checked my emails uh, in the morning. So you didn't? In the so mornings, I check my emails. But you didn't stay up. You didn't fully detox then. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Checking emails is the same as what? Checking the news is it? What do you get your fucking news for your emails? Do you has? I, I do actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, do. I also give the news for emails. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. So this get, grates on me a little bit actually. Yeah, I'm off okay, already. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, go on. It grates on me a little bit. That everyone's like, uh, do you know what I really hate? Do you know what I really hate, actually? Hang on, just just tell us what grates on you first. That people are like, when you go on holiday, just turn your um, turn your uh, email thing off that tells everyone that you're on holiday. You're out of office. Yeah, you're out of, you're out of office, that's it. Turn that on and just don't check your emails. That's all right if you like work for a company and you've told everyone that you're on holiday and everyone's going to pick up pick up the baton for you, yeah? But when you work for your, yourself... You can't just you can't just do that, Hats. You're talking to the OG man. I've been doing it a lot longer than you. So, have. Uh, yeah, but you got people that work with you. You never switch mm. off anyway. No, I no, fuck, you take your laptop on holiday, so don't get started <laughs> on me. I take my I take my hard drive and my desktop with me. Why hasn't out of office like got a bit of software on it yet that knows the emails that that it can't respond to? I think there are things that are being developed, actually, Josh. And um, th there are even extreme cases that say, um, if you email me during this period, it will get deleted. So uh, email me again when I'm back. 
No, no, but what I'm on about is when you put your Valve Office on, you get back, you got about 50 emails that are like, this email didn't send. I f- Do you know what I'm on about? The out of office when it doesn't send back. Anyway, let me tell you about the other thing that annoys me. When somebody puts an out of office on their email and then like, um, it says, I'm better than you because I regularly take time to turn my out of office on. Uh, and we all do this within our organisation, and you should too. It doesn't say you should too, but it's like a real, like, yeah, we're better than you. Yeah. And then the people that have them on have a tendency to still respond to your emails as well. So you're, like, you don't, you're not even following it, are you? Because I've gotten out of office on from you, telling do me you, how good you do, are. Are you annoyed with the principal or the people that do it? Um, both. Mainly the people that do it. <laughs> Oh, mate, the, I know you're not on holiday anymore, this, but there's no, there's no need to For the to purpose this of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, look, honestly, I actually think uh, out of office is a really powerful tool, particularly for people who, um, uh, who, who don't have the privilege, like me and you do, to like have our own business and kind of respond in a particular way. Or if you're a leader, or if you kind of reach a level of seniority, you sort of have that privilege where you choose to or choose not to. Whereas a lot of people, the kind of work that they do, they just have to. They have to be responsive. There's, yeah. there's a lot that depends on it. So I think out of office is really good. But also, it is a useful tool when you can use it. Not everyone does jump back into email. Like I was talking to uh, someone in the family who said, yeah, no, I've got people covering me and I'm not, you know, I'm not looking. Because some people just need a physical barrier and in a sort of a virtual world you know something like that is just a nice boundary um the other thing that i think is is, is it shouldn't be called out of office anymore should it really because the world's changed what should it be called let's come up with it now should it be called meta so that it can off cover so off, that it can off cover of all, off, oh, meta, yeah, like, <laughs> so that it can cover all all forms of being away from your from your email yes but the both the 2d and the 3d versions of being away uh, yeah just off of work message. Off yeah, work not message. responding or something. But yeah. that, joking aside, joking aside, I agree. It's good. And I like obviously I had mine on and it said I will be intermittently checking emails and it basically just said, look, unless it's, uh, unless you're special or whatever. Unless you're, you're paying me money. Yeah, unless you're offering to pay me money for some reason then, <laughs> and you're new, I ain't gonna, yeah. I ain't gonna respond. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a bit like that. But then obviously when you, you do come back to a massive load of them, but that's, but that's fine. Um, but it was to, to switch off in that way, to switch off the way that I did, it was very much needed. And I think in the space that I work in, there's often this like, you know, look, I deliver training, webinars, whatever you want to call them, on self-care, right? And um, I say that it's different, self-care is different for everyone. And I think it's really important to say that because I am a, the way that I work, is uh, I have to be in it and quite busy and quite kind of scatty and quite all over the place. That's how I work. And actually, when I first started doing this stuff, I tried to uh, teach myself out of that because I thought the right way to work is to be very methodical and very here. And I think I need to make sure that I integrate that as much as I can, but I'm very messy and I have to be very in it. And I work best when I put myself under stress, when I like say, put myself you know self-imposed deadlines and stuff like that um and so the way that I have to do self-care actually has to be a kind of 
get into that red zone for quite a bit and then go, boom, I'm going to put everything down, come away and recharge for a week or like a longer period of time. And I have my morning routine and stuff like that as well. Um, but I think it can get oversimplified when you see it online is what I'm trying to say. And people are like, especially people that work in the uh, quote unquote mental health space like I do, I think they get very like, they have to show that I do self-care very well and I do it very methodically. And what I'm trying to say is that I don't, not methodically anyway. Actually, I do do it quite methodically, but. It is quite methodical and I guess it's cyclical, um, you know, and I think the thing that keeps, that allows this to work for you is because you have that routine and that process on a daily basis. I think I used to do something like that myself, which is build myself up to this sort of two week break in October. Usually we sort of would take it a bit later. And then we obviously have, you know, time off here and there, but that's, that's the window where I just completely unwind. And actually for the last two years, I haven't had it. And you definitely feel it. It definitely Uh. like, it definitely makes a difference. So uh, if I'm being completely candid, you know, to me, you and everyone else listening, I don't really, I don't do self-care very well. I just don't, I don't, I don't prioritise it. And I know it only when it's starting to get too late and I'm starting to burn out a little bit and I'm starting to get too tired. Now, I think my, my MO, my, my sort of, my motivations is still, it's very driven around wanting to be successful and wanting to prove something to myself, less about proving to other people, just prove to myself and then, you know, providing and and uh, for family and you know my sort of extended family you know business partners all that sort of stuff those are the things that really drive me but i don't always remember to, to to take care of myself and i feel like a bit of a hypocrite sometimes because i'm coaching around that all the time but um you know like we've talked about this before like you know sometimes we take you know we're the worst to take on our own advice yeah and you often coach what you need to coach yourself right that that i think that's just the reality and that's the truth of it and i think people are not yeah. actually very good at uh admitting that to themselves and being a little bit more honest and open yeah when it comes to that self-care stuff we're talking about though i, I often uh i don't know if we've talked about it on here before but i talk about like the rev counter yeah, you've talked about that yeah, before, yeah. Sometimes you have to remind yourself you've got another gear, as in, and to get to that gear, you need to take your foot off a second. Just take your foot off, regroup, and then go again. But I think, you know, if you if you work in the way that you're quite like it, I'm quite like it, if you work in that way, we're quite foot to the floor, mm. and then take your foot off, foot to the floor, take your foot off. And then there is a bit of a, to, to probably overuse the analogy a little bit, but there is a little bit of a cruise mode, right? When you get into that, real sort of flow state gear where you are in the comfortable gear and you're not going into that red zone, but you're moving pretty quickly. Yeah. But then it's also still realizing that you still need to yeah. uh, come off of it. So yeah, mate, it was um, everything that I would hoped it, hoped it would be. And obviously we went back to where we got married, right? Me and my wife got married then. We took the two kids back there. What was a bit gutting was um, the, the, the beach part that we got married on is gone. Yeah. What, what do you mean gone? So so across the front of the, the hotel, down the front, it was just a beach all the way along the front of, there's like okay. a big golf course yeah. there and yeah. across the front of the hotel. Um, and yeah, they've like halved it because I don't know, we did ask someone, but we couldn't really understand his answer. Uh, but I think naturally that part of the beach is just sort of gone now. 
so they had a fence there and it wasn't we wanted to go where we got married and have some pictures with the kids well it's just eroded through yeah yeah it's just literally gone yeah so it's a bit gutting but we were happy to make it mate it was going there right it was like a it's like a film mate have you ever seen a oh I can't remember what it's called where a guy takes loads of drugs to a to Turkey or something and he gets put in prison oh what's Midnight Express oh, oh yeah 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 have yeah, you seen yeah, that yeah. you know when he gets yeah, caught yeah. going onto the plane yeah. yeah because when we went obviously we're recording by the way this is going out late yeah it's going out Friday instead of Wednesday because we yeah. came together we were going to record it before we went on holiday and I was rough when I I didn't have no voice yeah. like yeah. and we got on and I was like I'm happy to record and you were like no no yeah. I have standards Josh and I'm not recording with you with your voice loud <laughs> yeah I said that <laughs> um and, co- and so my my two kids were the two girls were ill not ill but they had cold sniffles and coughs yeah so I was just like so panicked and then we got we obviously they didn't check anything to get on the plane by the way we could we didn't need to take a test to get there I don't care what anybody, I could have showed him a piece of paper with Mickey Mouse on it he didn't look at it you uh, mean it wasn't it wasn't a really well oiled machine that kind of prevented uh, transmission on the plane and then taking it to different countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, but it was coming back to England. To be fair, uh, so they were hot on it coming back to England. But going from when we were getting on the plane in England to Jamaica, typical, typical British English people. Yeah, we're going to be strict as fuck letting you in. But when you're going to Jamaica and they've given us a set of rules for us to follow to make sure that you can go, we don't really, it's, yeah. you're going there. Couldn't care less. But oh, so, couldn't so, care less so about Brits, other people. But the, when you're coming the to Great Britain. The Brits were laissez-faire about who they were sending over to Jamaica. Uh, yeah. And were extremely. Uh, but yeah, but really checked when we were coming back. Strict. Uh, but so when we got there and then uh, you land and they were like, right, you're just, you're, you have to have your temperature checked when you get there. So we've landed in Jamaica. The kids have got sniffly noses. My voice is only just coming back. Plus it's pretty warm when you land in Jamaica <laughs> yeah, anyway, right? right yeah. So we turn this corner and they're just there. There's about four of them in their nurses' gowns yeah. and masks on and that with these temperature guns. And you're just walking towards them with your hand luggage. Just like, you're thinking, just, this is the last barrier to get through. And then they just, like a gun up to your head. Beep. And then they just step to the side. Beep. Uh, and then it was the two kids and I was like Please. and then they done them and we got through and then it was like that was it it was in the clear and made nice. it nice nice so mate it was uh, yeah it was lovely and then back to reality today my, everyone else is still in bed in my house good so there should be you still you still on a bit of a jet lag thing um, I, I don't think I am so because we flew back overnight so I slept overnight and then um, uh, went to like I managed to stay up last night until like eight o'clock and then I went to bed and got up to the gym this morning. Uh, good for you. Hass, have you had many people talk to you about uh, the last episode that we recorded? Had many conversations from it? I've had a couple. I've had a couple. Yeah. How have they gone? What have people said? Anything of any interest? Um, I think it was, um, you know, you know, a lot of people were grateful that we talked about it. Yeah, you know that we raised it. They said you you sounded like you felt quite uncomfortable through a lot a lot of it. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, and I and I said we both were actually. Um, and then oftentimes we would just start talking about the, I guess, probably more around appropriation than about 
you know, um, blackfishing actually, just around um, what someone's perspective of what is versus what isn't. Um, and just having, yeah, conversations around, around you know, wh when does appreciation, like Joshy C, uh, turn into appropriation? And, um, and we talked about, you know, Eminem and actually my point of view uh, that, that, that we talked about after the episode, actually, where, where I thought, actually, I think, um, you know, on reflection, I said to you that I think actually Eminem being in the game has raised hip hop. And yeah. I think, you know, you know, that in itself as a genre hit the mainstream probably a lot more, whether that was intentional or not for him. I don't know, but it, it definitely has therefore creating opportunities. So I, I, I was able to reflect on that. Yeah. I think that was true of Joshy C as well with Garage. It's I just think, a shame that, you know, Joshy C just lost his, uh, <laughs> lost his edge and decided to go into personal well-being. <laughs> maybe you should, maybe you should uh, bring in like uh, MCing into your, in, into your well-being. Do like uh, a well-being rap I'm sure I would love to see I'm that. sure it's been done yeah I'm sure I tell you by the way just on that that uh, you know Bugsy Malone he's got yeah. a song called Welcome to the Hood everyone should go and listen to that it actually yeah. encompasses so much of what we talk about yeah go and listen to yeah. it I'm not going to talk about it because yeah. I won't do it I think you've sent it to me before it's good I bet you didn't listen to it like every everything else I send you uh, I did listen to it. You, I reckon you just copy and paste your response when I send you something to watch, read, or listen to. Oh, we'll listen to later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll check it out later. Yeah, please, Thanks. please don't chase me on this. Uh, yeah. uh, Why do you ask that, Josh? Because I, I think it, I had a few people talk to me about it. A few, a few people uh, mention it, and I think more than anything, more than any conversation that we've had, it divided the nation. Did it? Yeah, because the oh. nation listens has. Wow. Okay. Tell, tell me about it. Somebody uh, that listened, good friend, big up uh, Ed, my friend Ed, who is a listener, avid listener of 115 miles. Um, What's up, Ed? He, yeah, good man he is. He told me to read a book called The Madness of Crowds. I sent you the book, Hash. You said you'd read it later. <laughs> I read it, Josh. I thought it was rubbish. No, I'm uh, just joking. I, I think you will think it's rubbish, actually. So it's by a chap called Douglas Murray. Yeah. So the title of the book is uh, The Madness of Crowds. Uh, and then it says on the front of the book, gender, race and identity. Uh, it's a Sunday Times bestseller has. Mm, okay. Oh, what does that mean? Why, mm. I'm not a fan of Sunday Times. Yeah, no, well, I think that kind of will introduce you to what type of book it was. Um, basically, he talks about uh, race, gender... Uh, identity. He talks in there about. Let me just check one thing. Douglas Murray is he a white dude? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so he talks about um, gender, sexuality, how we look at um, women's rights, how we look at gays' rights, um, how we look at trans rights, how we look at race, appropriation, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and. It was very interesting. It was like, a, 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 it goes against a lot of what we talked about. So he sort of pulled apart appropriation a little bit. Um, and I felt in parts he went he went too far. So I disagreed with a lot of what he said in the book. 
and yeah. didn't didn't like a lot of what he said in the book. I think he often, yeah. when exploring the nuance, which he was very openly exploring the nuance, which is important. Um, I think he often ignored nuance when it was when it helped to prove when his point. Convenient. When it was convenient yeah. for his point, he would not. He would like uh, reduce something to a simplistic nature, where, you know, to prove a point. But then would explore the nuance when it suited him. Um, he's a gay man, by the way. So when he was talking about like gay rights and stuff like that, he was saying at times he would say, "I think only I can say this as a gay man" and things like that. But the overall point of the book, right, and it's called The Madness of Crowds, um, was how dogmatic a lot of things have become now. Uh, and, I, and, and I did agree with that. I, I, I did agree with, um, he doesn't say this, but it sort of took me on a thought process of how as a society, as people, we used to have religion. Everybody was joined by the religion and we were joined by the dogma that comes with religion, right? Which is that we believe in these set of principles. Now that's gone, I think we, we do struggle with having a set of principles to live along and to live by as people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we end up taking on ideals simply because our and I've talked a little bit about this, our political uh, party or the political line in which we follow has a certain set of ideals. And so we'll take them on whether it contradicts what we think or believe anyway. Yeah. Do, do, do you see what I mean by that? And do you think yeah. do you think that is happening? He was talking a little bit how um, he said the, um, the, the gay conversation around gay people and stuff, he was saying that's gone too far. He was saying the race conversation has gone too far. He, he, what, do you mean, what do you mean gone too far? Well, he used examples of like, um, one example that I can remember about appropriation, let's bring this one up, is that um, your man who, who told everybody they should eat organic food and didn't give a monkeys that it was twice as, as expensive. Oh, uh, Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver. He made a jerk chicken recipe. Jerk rice. Is that what it was? Yeah. And then he got, somebody called him out for appropriation. And he was like, look, this, and then he said that he owns an Italian restaurant. So he was like, why had nobody said it when it was an Italian restaurant? Um, okay. So I know you can pull that apart, by the way. The, so this is where I say the nuance. He's used a, a, a thingy, uh, he's took away the nuance there because it's different with uh, Italian, right? Because they haven't gone through, you know. It, also, the, he's 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 tr he trained with uh, with G Gennaro. I forget the surname, but he trained he trained in Italian cookery, and he knows Italian cookery, and like he brings authenticity. I think it was just that. I actually think that was I think that was an overreaction. Personally, that's a personal point of view. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it was like it was just like basically um, there is no such thing as that, and there. But you use your you use your leverage uh in the world as a chef um and it's i think it was just taking taking the authenticity out of um like west indian cookery and just going oh you know jerk rice so I, I, like i said i think personally that was a, a, a silly thing but what this point of this douglas murray is he doesn't he doesn't actually do do the full diligence and show that jamie oliver was 
trained in Italian cookery and actually a lot of his Italian yeah. meals are authentically Italian. So when, yeah, but when he does when he does those little throwaway comments, that's when he uses a throwaway comment like that that you think in in when he throws it away like that, okay, it kind of supports what he's saying, but you don't have to scratch very far to realise actually that's but um I, the point that he was making is that we will then just accept it because it's been said, we then just accept it. So for example, when we look at the conversation that we had last time, I think when I look at the, um, the Adele one, when I look at Adele, when she did the hair thing, I still, I think she was just appreciating. But what I did notice is that in the, when we recorded last week, because my people who I'm attached to, who I, who I want to be part of, I want to be within their group, yeah? I want to be associated with them. I don't want to upset my people, my people for want of a better term, yeah? I just would go along with it and say, yeah, that's right, I'll agree with you. When actually, deep down, I don't. And I think mm -hmm. we, we all do that. And I'm just using appropriation as an example because that's what we talked about last week. But I think there's lots of things that we do. Mm. I think men do it a lot with the conversation around women. And, and and he talks about that in there. And he talks about, uh, there's an American female artist um, who's, that she's got a music video or something where she's putting a bum in somebody's face all, for the whole video. And then at the end he goes to kiss it and she goes, don't you dare touch my, my bum or something. So then he goes, he explores the nuance around sexualization of women. Right, and how men sexualize. Now, men sexualize women. I don't care what anybody says. There ain't a man, a straight man on the planet, who doesn't sexualize women at times in his mind. But we've got to this place where you're not allowed to admit that. But they do. Men do. Actually, it's what yeah. it's what you do with it once once you once you've done it in your yeah, mind. Yeah, I mean, important. I don't know if that's. I mean, I don't know if that's true. It, it, it like it, I don't know that you can't. Uh, I don't know that you can't have the conversation, but I do. I do think there's something here. Uh, well, firstly, I think it's important to probably just check out this this guy's book. Um, you won't read it, but, uh, no, I'm not going to read it. it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> honestly, there's no resonance. He just sounds like a bit of a, um, a one-sided, uh, opinionated fool. Um, but look, look, I think uh, what I'd love to know is like. How deep was his research? Was oh, it's deep, mate. Was this, was this, okay, but was this Douglas Murray's point of view? Did he take a balanced opinion? Did he get people, like, did he interview people from other perspectives? Or, or did, I mean, you, you say deep research, but it might no, be deep he, research uh, no, I, to, I, let me finish. Sorry, um, yeah, I'm interrupting. Deep, deep research to, um, to kind of make his point, or is it deep research where he's, like, um, really getting the full breadth of opinion. That's my preferred kind of reading. Like I'm, I'm happy to kind of follow someone's point of view, but I want to know that they've at least considered what the other side is thinking and saying. And so you have a, mm, this is what I think. This is what my research has um, shown me. This is what other people think. I still think this way, or actually I'm a bit more swayed now. That's what we do on this podcast. Like mm. sometimes you'll come in and then I'll come in. Like I feel really strongly against what you're talking about right now because, and the only reason it is, I, it is that I think um, it is just because it's always been a particular way doesn't mean that it should like, and if challenging it is 
uncomfortable and confronting for a lot of people, that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. I know what you mean about being dogmatic. That's, you know, I think, you know, something just catches a bit of fire and then everyone sort of falls into that. But that doesn't mean that the topics behind it aren't things that you should talk about or that there's no truth to them. So I think that the appropriation one, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one because there are moments, there are some things that are like, oh, okay, that just, that, that, that's probably just full on appreciation. And I think we both agreed that the Adele thing was appreciation given um, her background. But I guess why does growing up in Tottenham prevent her from, you know, from uh, being seen in a particular way versus somebody else? So I think it's a broad conversation. Um, but I don't, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, it, it just feels like, you know, the madness of crowds, even in the title, says to me that this is like, okay, you know, what happens is people, um, start something and a point a point of view and if it's a particularly divisive one then the people uh if you sit on the other side of it then you get vilified so you don't so you, you just kind of go along with the crowd i understand what that is but actually sometimes that might just that 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 check that crowd might change the conversation that needs to be changed right so the conversation around race around women's rights about hypersexualization of women it needs to change so this is just a process it goes through. It may be that the crowd moves it, but then it sort of, I think it eventually starts to settle and th th things change. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that, that, that when the conversation's got swung wrong too far one way for a long time, it normally swings too far the other way before it centers itself up, right? So I think that's a really good point. His book is one-sided, right? Mm. I, I, I actually really enjoyed reading it from the perspective of, I kept thinking he was wrong. And, I, and and actually, I'm going to do more of that, reading books of people. Yeah, because, 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 I, I mean, I, look, I expect there's a lot of other books that, that you would read that, that go, that, that, uh, that you agree with that are one-sided, but because you totally. agree with them, then you'd read them, right? Is that yeah. not true? True. Yeah? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, I, I, like, you can't dig him out for get making a point and then writing a book about it. Because yeah. if I was going to write a book, I might write a book about healing. And I wouldn't go out and research the benefits of not doing healing work. Right? I would just write a book saying, here's what I'm passionate about, here's what I believe, and here's why. So, yeah. so, so like, this is what I mean. But, but the, so he, taught, he did also talk um, a lot about, uh, uh, like, cancel culture and stuff like that. And then when he went, by the way, when he went into the trans conversation as well, which was even deeper again, and when you look at some of the ways in which um, the medical treatment and stuff that are being given to children, again, that's going into a realm that I know nothing about. And so I was treading very carefully with what I read because it is one-sided. And I was thinking, you're not giving me anything to back up what you've just said there. So I can only take what you've said at face value. And so I would have to go away and do more research. Um, but the way that we do, and the council culture that happens, he, he, he used some really good examples of people that have had to come out and apologize for things that they said and that were really vilified and lost their jobs when actually they were, they were just giving an opposing opinion. And I do think that's a real problem. Yeah. I think it's really hard for, you know, we have the conversations that we have on here. If we were really famous, right? If both of us were really famous, not just me. Not, not just you. 
No, right? If we yeah. were really famous, I don't think we could do this podcast. Yeah, true. Right? Because it would be would be in tricky terrain. And then if we said, you know, I felt uncomfortable last week doing that. How more? How 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 uncomfortable would I feel if we were both famous? We wouldn't have had the conversation. And actually, what we would have done is tread the line. And I wouldn't have, you know, I bought some of my own ignorance. I wouldn't have bought my own ignorance. I would have heard it. I would have pulled apart what you were saying. And I would have said, I just need to agree with this because it's too risky not to. Yeah. And I do think that's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. And that's, so that overall uh, um, sort of notion of the book, the, the madness of crowds, I, I do think there is something in that despite disagreeing with everything that he said yeah, in the book. Yeah, I and think I did there disagree is, with everything, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, no, no. Look, I think you made a point about saying uh, veering towards uh, books that kind of speak our beliefs, our values, and that's true. What I said was I prefer books that have balanced yeah. opinion, and I actually stand by that. I, I, I want to know what the other side of my argument thinks to make me reflect, which is why, again, like I, I, I say, sometimes we we try and figure stuff out on the airwaves. And I think that I think people find that useful, actually. Mm. I, I know that when I talk to people that, that actually just, just the thought process helps people to kind of go through it themselves. Um, uh, but, you know, I think uh, I think I, I, I agree about council culture like it is it is um, it's, a, it's a dangerous place that social media has taken us predominantly which is um is 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 it's it's equivalent to bullying even though uh, uh, you know somebody might have a really heinous point of view on something um that uh you know to be cancelled is uh it, it sets a dangerous precedent but then it's even worse when actually it is it isn't a heinous point of view it's just somebody said something it's misconstrued and then there's this kind of you know i i have to kind of uh you know back up back down from whatever i was thinking just to toe the line otherwise you get cancelled so for example i don't know if you see the, the south african wicketkeeper um i forget his name i think well who didn't take a knee yeah who didn't take the knee yeah and it's a very public thing to do not taking the knee so clearly it wasn't just you know, it, it, it was something that he thought about, but then as soon as he didn't do it, obviously there's been an uproar. Um, he got suspended from the cricket uh, team, and now he's come back and sort of said, "Oh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, the usual stuff like you know, er, you know, everyone matters. I'm the most unracist person, and I never meant it, and all these sorts of things." Um, and now, if I get an opportunity again, I'll, I'll I will take the knee because I know what it means. And it's almost like, well, what what is it that you were standing for in the first place by not taking the knee? And um, what is it that's made you change your mind? Is it that you don't necessarily get to play cricket again or whatever? And so, because that had happened, because like this had kind of you know taken the situation by storm, he obviously was on that process of getting cancelled. Is in the process of getting cancelled. And so he's just like, okay, I'm going to um, turn away. But I, I'm curious to know why, why he didn't, because there's something there. There's, uh, it may be a strong belief that actually I don't want to do this, or it may be that I don't think that it's valuable. And I, there have been others that have done that. And I yeah. think it's important to know what's going through their mind. Yeah, know? and that, I think that's a good example where the call out, so this is where it does get nuanced, right? And this is what I like, because we go into the kind of muddy water part of it. 
Um, like with that, I think it's good that, that people are in uproar. Like what, you know, why aren't you doing it? So because you give the example of Zaha, for example, who doesn't do it, but he mm. comes out very clearly and says, I don't do it because I don't think it works and I think we should be doing something different, right? And so yeah. he doesn't get cancelled, right? Yeah. Um, I would question, I think there's a good, there's a question there, if he was a white person that said he was doing that, would he be treated as well as, as, no, as perhaps Zaha? You know, you know he, he wouldn't. Would, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't, right? So there's, there's no a, guess about so it. Yeah, so there's a question to be had there. One of the examples that this dude uses in his book uh, is, a, I can't remember who it is, but it's a white actor from the UK, is in America. And he was talking about um, better opportunities for people of colour in Eng actors, right? And how he wants to help the cause and how he sees it. They don't get the right, the equal opportunities and he wants to make change and he wants to da da da. And he was having that conversation and then he referred to them as colored people. And then he he got canceled in America for it. Like, wow, wow like he, like they come down on him like a ton of bricks. He had to release a formal statement, apologizing that it was the wrong term, da da da. And like he was saying in the book, when things are moving so quickly, right? That term, not so long ago, wasn't seen as derogatory, right? I know why it is now, but it wasn't then. And so the fact that he got cancelled and they were jumping on him and he, I don't know, he used some quotes from things that people had said about him on social media and stuff like that. And you look at that and you go, that's totally wrong. Now, what he was doing, by the way, is using those examples, yeah, without using your examples like you just used, yeah? So I think if you read the book and you didn't, you weren't of balanced mind, it could really whip up the frenzy to to stay on the other side. So there yeah. was, uh, there was definitely like that context to it. Uh, and then, but I, but another example actually, I'm going to tell you about this because I wanted to talk about this the other week. I see online uh, there's a woman walking down the, the street somewhere. Yeah, it's the middle of the day. She got a denim jacket on and underneath she got a t-shirt on that says fuck Boris on it. Have you seen it? No. So some of the like uh, hard left people on Twitter, they was getting like, I say hard left, some of the left leaning people, whatever. Some people on, a lot of people on Twitter were retweeting this because the police had stopped her, this woman. Yeah. And said cover, can you cover, can you cover that up? Right. So she started filming herself saying, why should I cover up? It's my uh, freedom of speech. I can wear whatever T-shirt I want. That Like, yada, 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 all this kind of stuff. And then the police was there getting up, like, section, whatever it is, rude or offensive, da, da, da. And then all the left were, like, retweeting this, going, oh, my God, freedom of speech. What the hell has happened? What a waste of police time. There was one lady who she, I can't remember her name, but she retweeted it and was like, what a great use of police time. I hope you can sense the sarcasm in my voice. And like, they were just absolutely slating the police for stopping this woman. Mm -hmm. And that's proper like groupthink, in my opinion. Mm. That everyone's jumped on the band. Like she should probably cover the t-shirt, right? Do you agree with that? I, I haven't seen it. It says fuck Boris on it in big capitals. Yeah, why should you cover it up? In the middle of the day. So? Well, if it said fuck, Hassan on it yeah she can do that but so if you were in a shop yeah would you would you if you had fuck Boris on your t-shirt yeah and the police walked past you and said come on mate just cover it up it's the middle of the day but uh, is it against the law I think it is yeah it's rude and, and offensive language isn't it it would be against the law if you walked around saying fuck Boris wouldn't it I don't know I don't know the law but like we do it all the time how can you decide to 
how can you decide to uh, uh, oh, I was going to say persecute what's another word for, but how can you how can you arrest somebody or, or he didn't or arrest it he just somebody. said just cover it up alright yeah yeah but like you hear swear, police hear swearing on the street all the time what is the difference between audible swearing versus visual swearing? Because I just why are they not saying why are they not saying to you you swear all the time? Why that why is it, and obviously lots of coppers listen to our podcast. So why don't they come and say, hey, Josh, you're swearing all the time on the podcast? What what what's it? Why is it different? Because it's walking around where kids might see it. Kids might hear it on the street. Yeah, but they might do. And if they if they if 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 if, if the police were there, they'd say, don't swear around kids, like. Right? But is it against the law? Well, he was getting out some public thing that to say it is. Okay, I don't really care if someone's wearing a fuck Boris t-shirt. And I wouldn't care if they said, I mean, I might care if they said fuck, like, fuck has because it's me and I but might d- be offended. So d- if Boris was in the street and he was like, hey, don't wear that t-shirt. Fair enough. That was my best Boris t-shirt. But if you wore a fuck Boris t-shirt and yeah. the police walked past you, I'm like, come on, mate, just do your top. Just cover that up a minute. Yeah, but the, if the you very... got your phone out and started filming it again, uh, what do you mean cover it? Uh, it's freedom of speech. I would think, Hash, you're wasting police's time, right? It's not the police officer wasting police's time. It's you being a dick. Just cover your top up. But what if what if you, that's a point of view that you want to share in the world? Like, I, I guess I'm I like like because it's a swear word. And I guarantee, yeah. by the way, I don't remember the lady's name on Twitter. But if the T-shirt said fuck and then had her name on it, she would be like, and this is group fig, by the way, because I guarantee you she'd be on there saying about how disgusting it is. A man wearing a T-shirt with my, with fuck me on it. This is, this just shows you how misogynistic men are in our society and all that. She would, mate. Know. She would. And, 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 well, and it says fuck. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Let me, let me just say one thing before you go, before you go into the run. Yeah. It is it is a it is a political activism message, right? So doesn't need so, to say fuck to be a political activism message, mate. But that's her choice, isn't it? So where does that stop then? What of us could what what could she put any swear word any offensive language on there now? Are we allowing that on t-shirts? Are we? Why are you offended by what she's wearing on on her t-shirt? I'm not offended by it. But if or I was walking, would, if I was walking around with my kids, my, my five-year-old daughter, for example, who's reading yeah. everything at the moment, we walk along. Yeah. If she sees any writing, particularly four letters, she wants yeah. to sound it out. Yeah, I'd think, come on, not in the middle of the day. I would wear the t-shirt, by the way. I would wear the t-shirt. I wouldn't but wear I mean, it out in the day. Time. I wouldn't wear it out in the day because I got kids on. Because I got kids, right? And if I wore it out, in, if I wore it out in the day, because I think Bo- I fought Boris. I'm with her on that, right? <laughs> But if I wore it out in the day and I walked past the police officer and he said, cover your top up, I'd be like, yeah, all right, fair dues, mate. Would you have done that? If when... I got my phone out and started filming it and going, tell me okay. how this is a criminal offence. Well, I, I haven't seen the video, but let me I've just ask you. I've told you what's happening in the video, Has. Don't use that all as right. an excuse to go against All me. right, okay. I'm pretty sure that you've told police officers to fuck off when you were younger. Now that you're this respectable 34-year-old uh, citizen, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you wouldn't. And well, should we take that notion now? and use that about fighting as well, then? Uh, Josh, well, you used to fight when you were younger. Now you're a respectable citizen. You can't tell people not to fight. Yeah, I'm, but like you have a different perspective on life than, say, somebody who's younger and wants to be an activist. Uh, so, that, so now we're saying it's all right to have different, completely different perspectives and it doesn't matter who it offends. If that's the case, then that's the case, right? No, that's that's not what you were saying. So, where's, so what are you saying then? Where's the line then? Where's the line here? 
the the line is uh he, he weren't arresting her he just said cover your top just cover it up come on mate it's the middle of the day just cover it up it says fuck boris on it all right it says fuck boris on it just cover it up right oh we just cover it up all she had to do is just cover it up instead she got her phone out Stop the policeman, start filming him and saying, tell me what section is under. And then all of these left-leaning people who hate Boris all started retweeting it. Look at the police, wasting police time, all this violence against people going on on the streets and they're wasting their time. I think, no, no, they're not wasting their time. This woman who's got a fuck Boris t-shirt on is wasting their time. Just cover it up, walk past him and then open it back up again. Well, the very okay. So right. I, I, I don't think we're going to agree on this. So, like, we could carry on, but I think the very fact that she's wearing it means that she wants to make a statement with it. So she's obviously going to say, "No, I'm not going to cover it up," just because the you know she's probably not going to ha- uh, respect police in the same way you didn't respect police. That's the point I was making. You didn't really respect police yeah. when you were younger, right? And you yeah. would have had a similar sort of attitude. You weren't saying the same thing. Yeah. But like, let's say they said, "Cover up your." Uh, y- your tattoos, right? Like that—that's an expression of what you want to express. Some yeah. of it may have been offensive, you know. Like some of it may have been uh, what might be uh, a fuck Deep, to yeah. some people. What seeing the England flag might be offensive to other people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I think. I think the point I'm making is, if you're going to wear a t-shirt like that, you're obviously trying to make a statement. And uh, so, just because the police said cover up. She's, it's kind of like saying, uh, well, only wear it, like, like, don't wear the T-shirt. So I think that's, I mean, I don't know who she was, but like, that's... I, don't, I just think. think she was a normal random woman, uh, just like, just a, a just an average person on the street who saw I don't know, it, I don't know if it is average, because you wear a T-shirt like that and you're making a statement. It's not, you don't just randomly put something like that yeah, on. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, she wasn't famous. But oh, she, she is, is now, she, she's, she's, now, just, she's just, uh, which is what I'm talking about. But this is what I'm talking about. This is why, this is what I'm on about with this group think stuff. What I'm saying is, a lot of people that retweeted that, if it said fuck someone who they really care about on there, yeah, right, and then the police come and said, can you just cover it up? They wouldn't retweet it saying what a waste yeah, of police time. And I'm if saying said, that's not comparing apples with apples. Like if it said, if it said fuck. Um, uh, what do you call it? Keir Starmer. Oh no, then it's wasting police's time. They she should be allowed to leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I'm joking. If it said fuck Obama on it, yeah, yeah. Oh, then do you think these same people would retweet it? Going, what a waste of police. They wouldn't, time? but the the other side would. The right would. What they the would. The right would. Because because any like if if say somebody like that was wearing a t shirt, but and the cop was police just... stopped them. Yeah. Then the other side, so not the left, yeah. the right would say, oh, this, you know, they'd say exactly the same thing. But then the left would there be there going, saying what I'm saying. It's not a waste of police time. It yeah. says fuck on it, so you yeah. should cover it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's what I'm on about. Because I consider myself left and I think, fuck Boris, I agree with it. But what I'm saying is, when we all jump on this ban, and then, like, there's a bit, slightly bigger picture here, which is, at the moment, it's all bash police. Let's all just bash police. Like, you know... Or, you know, everybody hates the police at the moment. And then, so it's just jumping on the bandwagon. And that's how this kind of group spiral group thing comes along. Everyone looks at that and goes, oh my God, the police are just so useless. He's there getting, like, what a waste of time. Now, the copper probably was a Boris supporter. Uh, how do you know that? 
because otherwise, if what you're saying is true, then he would just let no, him no, run no. It. But you just said it. You just said the the couple was probably a Boris. Well, I'm just say I'm that. saying he probably he probably was. Yeah. Okay. But what difference does it make? It shouldn't make any difference. Just no, come no, here and talk. I, about. I, I, why? I, I, why? Why does this woman straight away when the copper says if she wants to make a point, have a have it out with the copper, and say, you know, look, I'm not going to cover it up. Because my because, political... Because... Blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get your yeah. phone out and then start filming yeah. like this because she's got it for the people... Uh, for the purpose of people just listening, she was holding her phone in selfie mode, uh, filming herself, getting irate with the copper. Right. I just think, stop wasting police's time, right? Because you want to get on Twitter and then everybody, stop backing her up, right? And by making this, this kind of uh, behaviour what we do. And and that, for me, that is that madness of crowds. That is that. That's exactly what that is. I I do I do actually agree with you around how something can really um, catch fire, and crowds do perpetuate. So I remember years ago. This was actually before social media was um, really prevalent in society, and. I think it was after maybe Sarah's Law, something like that, where they were basically, you know, they, 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 it was there was a lot of stuff around the um, the sex offenders yeah. uh, register and 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 paedophiles. And I remember reading um, in a paper once how a paediatrician was attacked because the people got confused <laughs> with the two words. And yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but like. This person got like there was mob rule and mob yeah. mentality, and that's what sort of happens. It's like a, it's just a hyperscaled version of mob mentality, isn't it? Sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So, so I, I, I do know what you say, and 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 a lot of people now, it's just become so easy to retweet, or forward or share without even thinking about it. You don't at least like we've argued more than we probably ever have on a podcast today. Yeah. But at least we have the sort of the conversation and the debate around it, and I think that's healthy. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of what you're saying is people don't even do the due diligence. They don't do the thinking. They don't even, you see a lot of people that come out against a book. Like I, I could potentially go, oh, I think The Madness of Crowds is a terrible book and Douglas Murray is a completely You, you basically right have today. Yeah. Oh, no, I gave you my opinion, right? <laughs> no, but, but yeah, yeah. Based on what you told me, but like a lot of people don't read books, but then they have an opinion because other people have read the book and said, oh, this book's racist. Yeah. So I would say... Um, so, for example, uh, in the early 90s, there was a book called, um, I think it was called The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. And he had a fatwa raised against him and like he was getting into hiding and he was, you know, um, but and every Muslim had a point of view in it. And I bet and every Muslim I knew had not read the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so uh, like this is what happens. It's, it's not new. It's just been hyperscaled. In, yeah, in, in the age of social media. Yeah, and it's the, the problem is, I guess, the, the, when I use the fuck Boris example, right? They didn't do this, but if they went on to say he's doing that because he hates women because she's a woman, right? Mm. With the way that that kind of group think can work like that, everyone would jump yeah. on that bandwagon, and then that copper could end up with a disciplinary. Now I know I've made up the scenario there, so everyone you could just listen to that and go, yeah, but he didn't, did he? They didn't say that, but. To get, you know, I can't think of an example, but if you give an example, 
that when people jump on that bandwagon, like you've just said with that book there, and on Twitter they start going, oh yeah, he's doing this, and and then everyone jumps on the bandwagon. And then because of that group think, sometimes now people will act and then people get sacked. Yeah, and one of the things he talked a lot about, actually, I'll say this quickly, uh, is when people get historical tweets up. So people go and they get like a tweet from God knows how long ago, 10 years ago, and then people get sacked from their job. Yeah, let me just say one thing, and then I think we should maybe move on. I know it's your week, but there's also a positive benefit to this group think yeah. as well. Because I think if, if Black Lives Matter um, hadn't happened, if the world um, outrage hadn't happened after George Floyd died, then I doubt yeah. Derek Chauvin would have been sentenced the way he was. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. Like if, if the world just stayed quiet, if people just stayed quiet, if there was mm. an uproar, mm-hmm. an outrage, then I just don't think he would have been prosecuted. The world, there was no way he couldn't get prosecuted. Yeah. Right? And I think, so it, it, it's not just, like, a, there's benefit to it as well. Yeah. what I would say. No, and see, that's when you take the other side, right? Yeah. And that was a very needed thing that was very uh, important and meant that what happened to him happened to him. But so. maybe Douglas Murray would disagree, you know? Maybe, maybe. he would. I don't think he would, by the way, based on what I read in the book. I don't think he okay. would disagree on that. Um, because he did talk a lot as a gay man. He talked about the importance of the gay right movement and he talked about the... Imp- he did talk about the importance of the uh, the movement towards equality and race. He actually referred to one of the things... I'll say this very quickly. Is that noise coming in my... That's my daughter, by the way. Can you hear that? I can't hear her. Right, I think it's her hairdryer. Um, if, for the people, if they can hear that. Um, he talked about Martin Luther King talked about a world where people are colorblind and colored you don't see color. And yeah. then he said, if we ever want that to come true, we need to stop. He said that we've gone too far the other way because now people aren't colorblind and you're not supposed to be colorblind. Anyway, let's not open that can of worms at this time. Has I think this has been another good episode. Do you know what? I came on this morning thinking I'm just going to be chilled out. Uh, this might be a short episode today because I'm very relaxed and I haven't got You thought I was going to gonna take it easy on you just because you have a bit of jet lag and you've had a nice week in the sun? Uh, well, I wasn't going to mention that book. And then we've ended up talking, it's made the whole conversation. Like the stuff we were going to talk about remains for another day, Has. So right. give me your reasons to be cheerful that we all know about because you told us at the beginning. <laughs> Let me get into it. No, my reason, my reason to be cheerful this week is coaching. And uh, shit, say, yeah, okay, it's coaching excellence. No, no, it's um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's coaching. It's simply coaching. And um, this week, I've had some just really wonderful conversations with people that you know I I um, have the pleasure to work with and and. Uh, and no, and we just, uh, it's a privilege to be a coach um, because uh, you get to, um, you get to be with somebody in a moment where they're looking for transformation or not always looking for it. They just need, to, you know, to be in a space that is safe. Um, but by the end of it, you can see there's like some light. And I just had a few moments of those and I'm just really, really grateful that I have the opportunity to do this work. And I don't think, I think a lot of people don't understand what coaching is. Um, but for me, you know, it really, it, it genuinely is what I think I'm, you know, what I'm sort of here to do, you know, in terms of my vocation. And uh, 
just had some lovely experiences this week. So. Wow, that's pretty big. And by yeah. the way, is that like, do you? Because I know you've been working on some big projects and stuff like that. Do you feel you've lost a bit of that through putting so much focus into building what you're building? Not lost it, but do you think uh, it sort of went on the back burner a little bit, as in, and you almost forget actually this is the crux of who I am and I've got to make sure that yeah, I No, I don't, I, I mean, I think I've, I, I always do coaching. I think I, I'm definitely spread more thinly with the other things, but uh, yeah. if I had to point to my icky guy and my, the center of my purpose, it's always around working with individuals and, you know, maybe it's not the label coaching, but it's just helping people to be their best self or kind of seek out the transformation. So. Yeah, I, you know, I just love it. I, I, I love it. And I love, you know, I, pre I enjoy all aspects of my job, all the different things, but coaching is something that I just really take a lot of joy from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, love it. And you've been a huge influence on me as a coach. Thank you. So sir. let's just throw that out there. What's your reason to be cheerful? My reasons to be cheerful is, I'm not gonna say, obviously I'm not gonna say holiday because we talked about that. My reasons to be cheerful would be, would be what happened before holiday. Uh, which is when uh, I went to the action on addiction, action against addiction, take action against addiction. I can't remember what it's called. Event. It's it was really good by, then, was it? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was hosted by Ant and Deck, uh, and uh, Kate Middleton was there. Um, AKA? AKA. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge. There you go. Her Royal Highness. Is that right? Yeah, because it could have just been a Kate Middleton, and you might have thought, oh, Kate Middleton, the TV yeah, presenter. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll put a fit. I'll put like a future I Queen I, of England. Yeah, I never put loads of pictures on Instagram in one post. I don't know if you yeah. saw this on my Instagram, yeah. but I put a load yeah. of pictures from the day. Yeah. Yeah. And when you put more than one on it, Instagram automatically crops them. Mm. And so, like the fourth picture, and you can't edit it once it's posted. Right. And I didn't notice until it had been up quite a while and then I didn't want to edit it. Like the fourth picture yeah. along was just her chest. Oh, just gosh. her chest. You're going, you're going to prison. I had to, I had to put it on the stories. I'd be like, by the way, here's what happened. Uh, but no, but it, 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 uh, I was there representing the COA and, you know, children affected by parents drinking and children affected by addiction. And uh, it's definitely reaffirmed in me that I want to. I need to make sure I don't lose sight of that stuff and how important that is to me, uh, and getting the message out there. When we started campaigning, by the way, like six or seven years ago, whenever it was, children were not involved in this conversation. Mm. They weren't in it at all, and nobody wanted them in it. By the way, and that like I don't say that in my typical ranty. Nobody wanted it. Like yeah. they genuinely didn't. People actually said it's not part of the. We were told it shouldn't be and isn't part of the conversation. Uh, so with and down to us, myself, Liam Byrne, MP, uh, and everybody else at the Callum Best and everybody else at Nakoa. Children are part of the conversation now, and it was real like big moment to have on the screen behind Kate Middleton, Nakoa on there as part of the umbrella of charities that are going to spearhead this conversation forward and we did that so it was like a real uh i kept saying to everyone i was saying to liam Byrne, like don't forget we did that that's because of the work that we've done because i think it's important uh so yeah that's my reasons to be cheerful house mate that's incredible i mean uh, 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 that's how we sort of met the work you were doing for nakoa and that that's how you're making an impact in the world and yeah I mean, you know to, to be in that sort of event 
uh, amongst people that you know you're really really close and connected to um, and, and and celebrate kind of what you've achieved but also I imagine it's like there's so much work to yet be done and uh, it's almost like it empowers you to kind of go and do more yeah so I think that's amazing and it was like I was being into like I was being introduced to people that are like my heroes within the field as Josh Connolly one of the most prominent voices in this space and I like have to pinch myself like I don't say that you know to, to but I do say it to boast a little bit but I say it mainly because I was like a nobody, do you know what I mean? I was, I was, I was. You'll always be a nobody to me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but even like when we met, yeah, when we met, like whenever it was, all I'd really done is started a blog and been making a few videos online, isn't it? Do you know what mm. I mean? So, well, and yeah. then, you know, so yeah. that kind of, kind of, look, the two reasons to be cheerful are heavily linked this week because it I'd was your, so. it was your coaching that has helped me get there. Anyway, Haz, I've enjoyed this argument slash podcast today. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good one. It's been a good one. I look forward to it in a couple of weeks when you come back having read The Madness of Crowds. And uh, uh, <laughs> I've forgotten wait. the dude's name who wrote it. Uh, Douglas Murray. Yeah, your new mate, Douglas Murray. Who, uh, yeah, I've got nothing on else that, to say. To you. On that note, we'll see you in two weeks' time. We're going to record live together. Oh, yes, two weeks' time, we'll be back in the studio. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai. Yeah.